I would like for you to turn to your New Testaments to Mark the 11th chapter. And this evening we will be observing the 11th and the 12th chapter of this uh, gospel according to Mark. And it is one claim after another of Jesus' lordship. And I trust that it will have its impact upon us to understand that, that Jesus, as he went in to Jerusalem and claimed his lordship, and they had such difficulty at that time uh, recognizing him as who he was, that today we'll understand that he, he is lord and that he's king. And that this is a great uh, part of the scriptures that helps us to understand the lordship of Jesus. In the first 11 verses, uh, we have the lordship that he's the lord of the people. That he's the lord of the people. He still is. He's the lord of all people. It doesn't matter whether they've obeyed the gospel, uh, whether they have uh, acknowledged him or not. He's, he's the one who created them. They're his by creation, whether they've been made his by the new creation or not. And when they came nigh to Jerusalem under Bethpage and Bethany, at the Mount of Olives, he sent forth two of his disciples, saith unto them, Go your way into the village over against you, and as soon as ye be entered into it, ye shall find a coat tied, Whereon never man sat, loose him and bring him. And if any man say unto you, Why do you this? Say ye that the Lord hath need of him, and straightway he will send him here. And they went their way and found the coat tied by the door without in a place where two ways met, and they loosed him. And a certain of them that stood there said unto them, What do you do loosing the coat. And they said unto them, Even as Jesus had commanded, and they let them go. So they said, The Lord has need of him. He let them do just exactly what Jesus said. And they brought the coat to Jesus and cast their garments on him. These are the disciples, their own clothes, and made a saddle. And he sat upon him, and many spread their garments in the way, and others cut down branches of the, off the trees and, and strode them on the way. And they, went, and they that went before, and they that followed, cried, saying, Hosanna. That means save us. Save us. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the kingdom of our father David that cometh in the name of, that the Lord is the name of Jehovah. So this is Jehovah's promise all through the Old Testament. Hosanna in the highest. Save us in the highest. And Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple, and when he had looked round about upon all things, and now the eventide was come, he went out unto Bethany with the twelve. Well, you know, he stayed there with Mary and Martha and Lazarus. But he came in and looked, and, and the people honored him. And they acknowledged him as Lord. 
and he is Lord today. Now the next few verses, 12 through 14, honors him as the Lord of nature. This is a very important part, but he, this is teaching. Look at the 12th through the 14th verse. And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came even happily he might find anything thereon, if happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. It sort of disturbed them. There wasn't even time for figs, but he's showing his lordship over nature. The next few verses, 15 through 19, shows that he is the Lord over the, the really the house of God, the kingdom, and his reign. He's, a, he's the Lord over the temple. Look at this 15. And they come to Jerusalem. And Jesus went into the temple and began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold us and would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. Now, what they had done, they weren't supposed to bring things in and in the ways that were sacred, but they were. They were bringing vessels in and they were using, they weren't, they weren't recognizing the temple as, as what they should. And, and he taught them, saying unto them, it is, is it not written, My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer? But ye have made it a den of thieves. And the scribes and the chief priests heard it and sought how they might destroy him. For they feared him, because all the people were astonished at his teaching, or his doctrine. And when he was come, he went out of the city. Now this is the great point. In, in, in all of these, these two chapters, everything is just showing that he is in control. He has the authority. And he is Lord. And he's Lord today. He's Lord today. He's the one that's in control. And we need to get that into our minds. The people were taking places in the temple and selling the sacrifices that they could buy from other places where they came in from other countries. And they were making a profit off of the sacrifices, plus they were making profit off of exchanging money from other areas. And uh, Jesus could see that. And he's in control and he didn't like that. Now, in the next few verses, the next uh, six, seven verses, he's going to show that he is not only the Lord over the people and the Lord over nature and the Lord over the kingdom and the church, the, the whole realm uh, where we would worship and serve God, but he's going to show that he's the Lord over faith. 
Look at that 23rd. And in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter called to remember and saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou coastest is withered away. Well, he's the Lord over nature. He can curse it or he can bless it. But we don't get the point. Not any more than they do a lot of times. And Jesus answered, saying to him, Have faith in God. See, have faith in God. Have faith in me. Believe in me. I'm in control. I, I've created everything. I've come to save people. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. That gets into a realm of, that bothers us sometimes. And when you stand praying, forgive, or if ye have all against any, that your Father also which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. For if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven. Now that is, he's the Lord of faith. He's the Lord of faith, believing that when you ask him for a thing, he can do it. But believing also that when you ask him, to forgive you, he will forgive. But he says, remember that you have to have faith and forgive the other person. Because if you don't forgive the other person, you tear down the bridge over which you accept travel to get forgiveness. He's the Lord of faith. And he's trying to help us to have faith. Now in the 27th through the 33rd verse, he, 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 he is the Lord of reason. And they came again to the, to the Jerusalem, and as he was walking in the temple, there come to him the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. Now, he had dealt those fellows a lot of trouble. The chief priests in their teaching differed with him because they were legalists. And the scribes, they had everything written, every T crossed and every I dotted. And they couldn't stand it for anything to be separate, and they were legalists. And the elders, they didn't want any tradition violated. And he had violated that because he's in control. He's the Lord. He could even change if it is wrong to do anything on the Sabbath. He was the Lord of the Sabbath. He could change it. They didn't recognize that. And he says unto them, By what authority, or they say unto him, By what authority dost thou these things? And who gave thee this authority to do these things? They recognized he was Lord in all of these realms. And that's the reason they're asking him. So who made you the ruler over this thing? That's it. Our, that's our job. Jesus answered and said unto them, I will 
also ask of you one question. Now, what he's doing, he's teaching the temple in the place where they, they got him away from the people. They got him in the temple where the people couldn't seize them. And they began to debate like they were supposed to debate according to their rules and regulations. He met them on their own grounds. And he was allowed to ask them a question. It was according to the rules. He said, I will ask you of one question and answer me. I will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or of men? Answer me. And he was in his right. And they were doing this according to the Jewish regime of things. And they reasoned with themselves saying, well, if we say from heaven, he would say, well, why then did you not believe him? They knew how sharp he was and that he didn't err in that. But if we say of men, they feared the people, for all people counted John, that he was a prophet indeed. But they had him in the porch where they could discuss and carry on that. But they still had to understand that they made this decision. They had to fear because he, he had convinced the people that he was Lord. And they answered and said unto Jesus, We cannot tell. And Jesus answering them, saith unto them, Neither do I tell you but what authority I do these things. Now, in the twelfth chapter, the first twelve verses, he has the authority over the rulers. He has the authority. I want you to look at this. And he began to speak unto them uh, by a parable. A certain man had planted a vineyard, and he set an hedge about it and digged a place for the wine vat, the vat, and built a tower and let it out to husbandmen and went into a far country. And at the season he sent to the husbandman a servant that he might receive from the husbandman of the fruit of the vineyard. And they caught him and beat him and sent him away empty. And again he sent another under the, another servant. And at that they cast stones, wounded him in the head, and sent him away shamefully handled. And again he sent another, and they killed, and many others, beating some and killing some. Having yet therefore one son, his well-beloved, he sent him also last unto them, saying, They will reverence my son. But those husbandmen said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and in inheritance shall be ours. And they took him and killed him and cast him out of the vineyard. What shall therefore the Lord of the husband of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy the husbandman and will give the vineyard unto others. And have you not read the scripture? The stone which the builders rejected is become the head of the corner. He's quoting from an Old Testament passage. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our ways. That's still quoting from scripture. And they sought to lay hold on him. But they feared the people, for they knew that he had spoken the parable against them. And they 
left him and went their way. Now what you understand is that the owner of the vineyard was God. But the vineyard was the house of Israel. And at the tents, the scribes and Pharisees and the people who were in control, the ones who had mistreated all these were the rulers of Israel. They were the ones who were in control. And the servants of the owner that he sent, the ones that he sent, those different people, the prophets, including John the Baptist was one of them. While they were these servants that had come. And the Son was Jesus Christ. Now this is still teaching that he is, has authority over all rulers. Now this is a magnificent lesson. It's just terrific how that he started here in the 11th and 12th chapter and he showed that he has authority over everything and they couldn't get the point. Now, in the 13th through the 17th verse, he shows that he has authority over, over the kingdom. Look at the, the 13th through the uh, 17th verse. And they send unto him certain of the Pharisees and of the Herodians to catch him in his words. And when they were come, they say unto him, Master, we know that thou art true, and carest for no man's person. That's what it's understood there. And thy regard is not the person of men, but teacheth the way of God in truth. But what a confession. Is it lawful to give tribute to Caesar or not? And Jesus, is uh, what he said, shall we give or shall we not give? But he, knowing their hypocrisy, said unto them, why tempt ye me? Bring me a penny that I may see it. They said, well, we're going to catch him here. We're going to charge him for treason, being against the seizure. And they brought it, and he saith unto them, Whose is this image and superscription? And they said unto him, Caesar. And Jesus answering said unto them, Well, just render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And they marveled. Now, you know, if you didn't know anything else, if you just read that and understand, you can see that Jesus is in control. And that he is the Lord. He's the Lord over, over all these people that are asking these things. But you know, he goes a step further. Look at these next few verses, 18 through 27. He's the Lord of life. Then cometh unto him the Sadducees, which say there is no resurrection. And they ask him, saying, Master... Moses wrote unto us, if a man die, brother, if a man's brother die, and leave his wife behind him, and leave no children, that his brother shall take his wife, and raise up seed unto his brother. Now there were seven brethren, and the first took a wife, and dying left no seed, and the second took her, and died, neither left he any seed, and the third likewise, and the seventh had her, and left no seed. Last of all, the woman dies also. In the resurrection, therefore, he said to Caesar, they knew they had him. When you shall rise, whose wife shall she be of them? For the seven had her to wife. 
They didn't believe in the resurrection. And Jesus answering said unto them, Do ye not therefore error, because ye know not the Scripture, neither the power of God? Now the power of God there, the word power is translated a lot of time authority. They didn't know the authority of God and that he was in control of everything. For when ye, when they shall rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels which are in heaven. And as touching the dead that they rise, have you not read in the book of Moses how they did? They took pride in that. How in the bush God spake unto him, saying, I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of, of the dead, but the God of the living. He therefore do greatly error. Now, he is, is the God, I mean, he is the Lord of life. In fact, he gives us our life. The breath that you enjoy right now, it wasn't for God and for Christ and his ability to keep you alive. You wouldn't have another breath. He is, in him is life, and that life is the light of man. But the next approach they have, the 28th through the 34th verse, I want you to, to notice that, 28th through the 34th, he is the Lord over the law. And one of the scribes came, and having heard him, them reasoning together, and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of, of all? And Jesus answered him, the first of all, the commandment is here. Hear, O Israel. Oh, I left to read that, I left to think about it. The Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said unto him, Well, Master, thou hast said the truth, for there is one God, and there is none other but he. And to love him with all the heart, with all the understanding, with all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love his neighbor as himself is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Now, he came right out with the truth, and he, he just told it. And when Jesus saw that he answered discreetly, he said unto him, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God. And no man after that does ask him any question. He is the Lord of the law, and he knows it perfectly. But now, in the rest of this chapter, he is challenged by his enemies on, on theology. I want you to look at this, at, at this uh, 35th through the 37th verse. And Jesus answered and said, while he taught in the temple, how, say the scribes that Christ is the son of David, He's going to talk about God now. He's talking about theology. Theos is God. Ology is a study, a study of God. He's going to tell them about God now. For David himself said by the Holy Spirit, 
The Lord said to my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. David therefore himself calleth him Lord. Teaching of primary, of a very rudimentary lesson on theology. And whence he, and whence he is he then his son? And the common people heard him gladly. Now what he's doing, he, he is showing them that even David, as revered as he was, was not God. Now, 38 through 40, he gives them the moral challenge here. And he said unto them in his teaching, Beware of the scribes which love to go in long clothing and love salutations in the marketplaces and the chief seats in the synagogue and the uppermost rooms at feast, which devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers, these shall receive greater damnation. Now I'll tell you what, he is, he is challenging them with a the study of God. He's challenging them with a the study of morals. And he's hitting it square on. And in the 41st through the 44th is the spiritual challenge. And Jesus sat over against the treasure and he held out, uh, he beheld how the people cast money into the treasure. And many that were rich cast in much. He's going to show you the spiritual side of dedication and of giving. And there came a certain poor widow, and she drew in two mites, or she threw in two mites, and which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasure. Now, he has established his authority and his lordship. And he's giving us an insight. For all they did cast in of their abundance, and she of her want, that is what she needed, did cast in all that she had, and even all living. Now you'd be profited if you could take the, the uh, two chapters and read them over again and consider that the Lordship of Jesus is established. And not only did he teach that for them to th at that time, but it's for us today. That he's the Lord of all these realms, and he's the Lord of our life. And until we really know Jesus, Paul said to the Galatian brethren, who he had a hard time pulling them away from the law. No Jews, he converted them, but all they want to do is just it just caused the other Christians who came from the Gentile world uh, a lot of trouble and binding the law on them. And he wrote back and, and told them he, he was just sorry that they were so soon removed from the grace of God. And in this uh, Galatians 2 and 20, he said, he said, It's no longer I that live, but Christ liveth in me. The life that I now live by faith, the life that I now live, I live by faith. Faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He had a personal relationship with Jesus. And he was teaching the Galatian brethren that. 
And he taught them that, that he said, we're all children of God by faith. That's an ongoing thing in Christ Jesus. For just as many of us as have been baptized into Christ, just that many, have put on Christ. And he said, there's no longer male and female, Jew nor Greek, bond nor free. We're all one in Christ. And he's our king and he's our Lord. If you want to come and confess him and be a Christian, now's the time. You need to draw near to him. Now's the time as we stand together and sing.